Hello once again, everybody. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Cats Illustrated podcast. I'm your host and publisher, Justin Rowland, and this is our first episode since Kentucky's 35-20 to season opening victory against Central Michigan. I hope everybody had a wonderful and a restful Labor Day, and I know a lot of you are back on the work grind, I assume. I know I am, hope, helping you to get ready for Kentucky's annual game against Florida, which has really been a nightmare for about three decades now, but hope springs eternal, and Kentucky's uh, trip to the swamp every other year takes place this weekend. I'm happy to bring Jackie Franchuli onto the podcast today. She covers Florida for GatorsTerritory.com, does a great job of it. Jackie, I know you've got a kid in the background that's teething. Our site members know that we have uh, four kids under eight at our house, so I can definitely sympathize. How are you doing? Oh, you know, uh, lacking sleep, um, but, you know, we're, we're getting there. Good. Uh, I hope you're able to get some rest yourself, but this is uh, football season, so there's less of that to go around for everybody. You're covering the other side of the street. Kentucky fans have been very psychologically damaged by this series, three-plus decades. I know you haven't covered Florida for that long, but you are covering the other side of the street. This is Dan Mullen's first shot at Kentucky as the head coach of the Gators. Um, how, how do how do Florida's coaches and players seem to be handling talk about the streak this year? Um, most of them have kind of just avoided it, honestly, because in their mind, they some of them haven't have only been there for one or two of these wins back to back. They said they know that they're not part of the team that won it, you know, five years ago, four years ago. So they they've been kind of brushing it aside. Now, you know, Chauncey Garner did make the a little joke saying that it's going to be 32nd on Saturday. But apart from his comment, everyone else is kind of shying away from that, especially Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen was trying to stay in his presser like, hey, what does that have to do with this game on Saturday? That has nothing to do with this game on Saturday. And uh, he also mentioned that, he, you know, there's going to be one team that's going to lose to Kentucky. And, you know, what he's making sure that's not this year. So, um, so I think that's, that basically they've been trying to brush that aside as much as possible. So that's not the big talking point of the game. I think sometimes we overblow things like this, but, you know, we have to report what people are saying. And I know Voshan Joseph um, had made a comment to the effect of with regards to Benny Snell. You know, they'd seen – it's nothing we haven't seen before. We played against, uh, you know, Georgia's running backs, et cetera. And and then with Chauncey Gardner's comments as far as the streak, you, you know the context of those. You heard what they were saying. It didn't seem to me like they were going out of their way to be disrespectful, but it does seem like this is a Gator team that has a lot of confidence right now, and Dan Mullen has definitely put his stamp on the program. Is that the vibe you get about this team? Is is the confidence pretty high with this group? Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I, and in both sense, um, you know, Voshan Joseph and Chauncey Gardner were guys that, you know, for the first time you feel like you have a little bit more swagger to them after, you know, what last season, the disappointment that they had. Um, you know, Voshan Joseph, you know, was, was more trying to hype up his running backs more than Benny Snell because and obviously you expect that from you know fellow teammate he's not he's not going to pump up um other other running backs he's going to pump up his own and that's something that he said in his interview as well um and yeah I think confidence is very big now in Gainesville because I know everyone um is kind of hesitant to go all in on Florida because of their inferior opponent in Charleston Southern but I think what people are realizing at least close to the program is that they beat a team they were meant to beat but they did it in the way they were meant to. Um, that's something that has not happened in Florida. They were convincing in the win, and one thing that stood out was the progress. You saw improvement, and I think a lot of th- a lot of things um, are are clicking for them. And and you didn't see these things last season. 
um, a team that would always hurt themselves with countless penalties uh, finish the game with only two penalties for 15 yards. So you see changes already among this team with Dan Mullen and his staff just here for a couple of months. So I think that's where the confidence comes in because they see the changes. They see how these changes are affecting their game. And in Chauncey Garner's case, I thought Grantham's defense suits him very well. Last year, he was a safety, and it felt like he was always late on tackles. He was missed tackling here and there. This year, you know, the first play of the game on defense, he got a, he got a sack. Um, because he's in a nickel position, that star position in the 3-4 defense for Todd Grantham, and that suits him very well. So when you're playing, putting players in the positions where they are more likely to succeed and they fit their skill set, you're going to have this confidence. I think one of the reasons, Kentucky fans know Dan Mullen well. He was very successful against Kentucky at Mississippi State, and they have a bad history with Florida. So I think Kentucky fans saw Dan Mullen as kind of a blockbuster hire for Florida just because of the fit. You know, people have have said if Florida gets the quarterback situation straightened out, that would solve a lot of the problems that they've had in recent years. And Dan Mullen certainly knows how to groom quarterbacks. It seemed like in that week one, we can't take a whole lot from Charleston Southern, but this looks like a Dan Mullen team. It's almost like he, he was given a tip of the cap to kind of the old Urban Meyer era and what he did at Mississippi State with maybe the jump pass for the touchdown and certainly uh-huh. the, getting back to the block kicks and the emphasis on special teams. How quickly has he made this look and feel like a Dan Mullen kind of throwback but also forward-looking team? Yeah, it's actually quite remarkable how quickly he's done it. Um, I was one of the ones that you know didn't know if they had the playmakers – that would fit his system right away. I thought Grantham was going to have an easier job on defense in certain places because they do have elite corners and they do have some guys in the front seven. I thought, okay, these guys probably suit a three, four defense better. Anyways, offensively, I just didn't know if they had the weapons. Um, McWayne and his staff didn't recruit as well on that side of the ball. Um, So for me, I was like, I'm not sure if they had it. I know they had a couple pieces at running back and a couple wide receivers that were going to be good. But some of them never really produced under the former staff. But with McWayne, he brought in this sense of accountability. And a lot of the stuff, actually, you have to give it to Nick Savage, their strength and conditioning coach. That's really what kind of changed the game a little bit because they were so far behind in strength and conditioning. So they lack the discipline in that area, which means they lack the discipline on the field. And like I said earlier, the penalties really show that discipline has changed with Mullen. And that's how he's been able to kind of put these guys in their position and say, okay, you, this, is, this is what your job is, and you're accountable for that job. And then he showed that in special teams. You know, the specialists eat first at dinner. Uh, the specialists get a lot of perks for being the specialist. Um, in the opening game, Damian Pierce had a tremendous tackle on punt coverage. And in the next series, he was brought on and being the lead running back for that series. He was rewarded right away for what he accomplished on special teams. So that's how he's been able to bring more of his fun. And the team was able to accept because they see, okay, if I, if I do something that doesn't fit the Gator standard, as Dan Mullen puts it, they're not going to play or have a rep. Well, if you do, you get rewarded. So there, there is that reinforcement that Dan Mullen has bought, and it's been pretty consistent. Florida was missing some players due to suspension in the first week, and initially it wasn't totally clear to me whether they were going to be suspended for one game or two games. When I looked at the depth chart yesterday, some guys like C.C. Jefferson, Adarius uh, Lemons, it seems like those guys are back uh, in good graces. Is that is that fair to say? Does it look like those guys are going to be available for Kentucky? 
some of those guys were actually in the depth chart um, in the first week, okay. and then they were they were announced suspensions on Saturday. Um, Mullen says that he will announce that on end game time. It'll be a game time decision once again. Um, he's very hesitant to announce injuries and suspensions. Um, Mullen has a reputation of that, and he's kind of brought that over back when he's returned to Florida. Um, we do have sources that say there will be probably one or two suspensions. We are not quite sure how many from that first group would have a second one um or if it's new guys we we are still digging into that but we do hear there might be a couple suspensions that's, on saturday yeah, that's something we'll have to keep an eye on for sure because yeah they, they don't want to get in a situation where they wouldn't have those guys available if it's going to be a close call but I, you know I, it looks like the consensus is vegas has florida as a 14 point favorite um, so we'll, we'll see this. Kentucky's played Florida well under Mark Stoops, but uh, that, that's one of the bigger lines that we've seen in a while. Um, Felipe Franks looked very comfortable and honestly a lot better than I remember him being last year. Put better touch on the ball. He was going through his progressions. I was super impressed by his pocket presence against Charleston Southern, but they didn't really pressure him like I think a lot of other teams are going to. What, what did you think of, of Felipe Franks what it, and what has Dan Mullen said about his quarterback coming out of the first game? Well, in my opinion, I agree with you. He was showing that he was able to read the defense a lot better than he's had in the past. Um, even in the spring, when you watched him in the open scrimmage and during spring practice, during the spring game, he showed a lot of development from spring till now in that regard. And I think a couple of plays that I saw, there was one particular in the um, second quarter where he was going through his read and he had Tyree Cleveland closer to the end zone but he wasn't as open as you would want. But then he looked to the other side and saw Lucas Kroll, his tight end. It wouldn't have been a spectacular all-in, end-zone, touchdown-winning um, point. But Lucas Kroll was wide open, so he went for that. And I think those are the decisions which are better now with Felipe. He's not going for all the glory. He's not going for those, that long pass to Tyree Cleveland that we saw against Tennessee last year. He's going for that first down. He's going for those yards to put them in a the position for the first down. Um, so I think that is a difference with Felipe Franks. He's going, as Dan Mullen calls it, the unspectacular plays. Now, I'm like you. This isn't a defensive front that would have put a pressure on you know, Felipe Franks. They didn't do a very good job of that. But when you compare it to Kyle Trask, who the second, the backup, um, didn't really have um, as much success against Charleston Southern, you can see that Felipe Franks did do a, a good, decent job in just seeing that progress there. And Mullen did say that, he didn't see bad decisions from Felipe Franks. He saw maybe one or two reads that he maybe have would have acted differently, but he was happy with Felipe Franks and what he saw. Um, something that Mullen has stressed, though, he said it takes time to develop a quarterback. So it seems like Mullen doesn't want to put too much pressure on Felipe. He's still learning the offense. Obviously, this is a brand-new offense where there's a lot of read option, and Franks needs to understand that, and that might take a while, and even Mullen admits it might take a whole year, it might be next summer where everything clicks, Felipe Franks. Um, but it, he is better than last year. We saw that in Charleston Southern. I think Kentucky will provide a good test for them to see a little bit further how far they're along because there are a better front seven. But I do think Felipe Franks has shown enough for you to think, yes, I can see why he won the starting position. It's one of the reasons that game was so close last year. Franks did not have a great game in Lexington. They rattled him a little bit, of course. It, you know, anybody looks good when you don't cover receivers, and I know Kentucky's holding their breath, hoping that doesn't happen again. But uh, one, one thing I wasn't necessarily impressed with with Florida, the one thing that coming out of the first week, maybe Kentucky would have some hope 
because of is Florida rushed for 200 yards, but it didn't look like their offensive line was really blowing Charleston Southern off the ball. They weren't opening up the kind of running lanes. Maybe you'd expect an SEC team to against an FCS opponent. I don't know if some of that was the strength and conditioning program that was kind of maligned under McIlwain having a hangover effect, or maybe they just hadn't hit their stride completely yet. Is that a concern, or is that something that's been addressed? That's that's been a concern for Florida for years. Offensive line recruiting has not been up to par, and the the it, it you can see a difference between the first rotation and the second and the third deep in the offensive line. Um, and that's something even Dan Mullen said um, prior to the season starting that he wanted his second and third group alignment to make a better jump, a higher jump, um, because some of them are struggling with the more up tempo offense that Florida runs now. During the game when Franks was in, most of their most of their touchdown drives were done in between two minutes and two thirty, so it's a quicker offense than most of these offensive linemen are used to. So some of them are missing their assignments, and I think their pass protection was a bit better than I expected. Right. I mean, honestly, I think it's honestly the tight ends and the wide receivers are doing a great job blocking, but I think their run interior blocking for running has deteriorated a little bit because they have probably one of the elite rooms for running backs. They've got a really good groom with Jordan Scarlett, Michael P. Ryan, Malik Davis, and freshman Damian Pierce and Iverson Clement, but yet they weren't able to get anything on the ground, and that's more to their interior line. And I'm not sure if they're going to make that big jump for Kentucky yet. Um, one of their best linemen, Brett Heggie, is suffering from turf toe, and he's not really fit yet to participate. Actually didn't even grade out against Charleston Southern. Um, so that is the main worry for Florida. The offensive line has had a lot of questions um, for the last three, four years. And that's another question mark going into Kentucky because they still didn't prove doubters wrong yet. You mentioned Chauncey Gardner Johnson a little bit um, and, and just kind of the rough sketch of what a Todd Grantham defense is going to look like. Obviously, they're going to be aggressive. Um, I think most people realize that for Kentucky to have a chance in this game, Terry Wilson, the quarterback, has to throw a better deep ball. They have to hit on chunk plays. It seemed like the only success Charleston Southern had, maybe the end of the first half, some in the second half, was with, with some big gains, of course. that It's tough to, to know how, a, how an FCS team that runs a triple off option offense, how that translates to Kentucky, which runs maybe a more conventional kind of offense. But what kind of defense is Florida bringing into this game? Obviously, I, I'm assuming it's going to be aggressive, an aggressive game plan, as you would expect. Or But, but how does the personnel kind of match up? Yeah, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. When you watch, you know, the last game, the triple option doesn't really give you a good – vibe of what the defense will completely look like because they are basically going to run most of their plays rather than pass. They, I think they tried maybe a handful of passing plays, so you couldn't really keep the defense honest in that way because you couldn't really see. But in in a Grant in Grantham's defense, you're going to see that blitz, lo- lovely blitz, aggressive. Um, he, he loves to put kind of push those forwards, actually. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson will be one that will really be aggressive on the outside. You know, he did get the first sack of the game, the first play of the game for the defense. So you're going to see him kind of be more involved as well. And you're going to see guys like Chakai Polite really um, be a major factor in the, in the defense. A guy that, you know, came to kind of everyone's notice that that game against Tennessee when he kind of rushed and ran for that screen pass um, for the tackle. I think he's going to be one to watch. He really fits in to his new role as a rusher rather than defensive tackle. He leaned out a lot 
and he fits Grantham's system. And I think that's what you've noticed in Florida's defensive line. A lot of guys have leaned out and are quicker because they need to be quicker under Grantham's defense. Um, so that's something that Kentucky fans will notice a difference between last year's defense and this year's is they're a lot better than what you expected. C.C. Jefferson, if he does return, he will also be a guy off the edge, and he fits that that role in the buck position in the Grantham's defense than where he was before. The linebackers is the one where I think Florida has done a better job with recruiting, and they got were able to get depth with Nolan adding a few guys in his first class. And I think that is something where they were able to show that they were able to keep their assignments on their triple option. As, as you are aware, triple option is all about assignment football. So they show they were able to close their gaps a lot better than they were in previous seasons. So they have some some things that you can see that are better from last year. Now, the only thing that I still haven't been sold when it comes to uh, the defense right now is the first line for the front seven. I agree that it, they've been pretty decent, and I think there is a, it's a strength of the defense, but I still haven't sold for the rotation yet. The twos and the threes on defense haven't been as c- consistent yet enough um, and that was against Charleston Southern. So that is something that we're going to keep an eye on when they face Kentucky um, and to see how they really progress really against different competition. Very interesting. And I noticed that Florida had had some success, big plays in the special teams game. I know a lot uh-huh. of Kentucky fans remember a long time ago a couple of block punts in the first quarter. And that's something that Kentucky has to avoid. Jackie, I appreciate being so gracious with your time. The one thing I wanted to ask, the aside from the injuries, I think you've mentioned a little bit about in or, or the suspensions. Aside from the suspensions, um, what's the health of Florida going into this game? Any significant injuries that you haven't touched on? Yeah, um, defensive back Sean Davis, he, he plays safety. He is out for the game. Wide receiver Jacob Copeland is going to be out for another week or two. Um, linebacker David Reese, which is the starting linebacker, he did not play against Charleston Southern. Um, Mullen was saying that he is questionable for the game. He might come back for practice later on this week, but is still not sure if he will participate in practice and be ready for the game on Saturday. Jackie, that is excellent info. I appreciate you joining us. Go take care of your baby. I can totally relate, and I will, uh, I'll talk to you later, okay? All right. Thanks, Justin. Thanks. That was Jackie Franchuli from GatorsTerritory.com. This is Justin Rowland. Thank you for listening once again. Please share, rate us on iTunes. Uh, and, and we'll be at the site. Myself, Jeff Drummond, Warren Taylor, David Sis, Clint Jackson, everybody on the staff. We always appreciate your interaction. Uh, fire questions our way at the site or on social media. If you're not a member, you can sign up right now. Get all our coverage through football season. We're covering a lot of 2019 recruiting, how Kentucky's trying to finish this class as well as uh, the 2020 recruiting that's getting fired up right now. Just this morning posted a, a list of about 40 or 50 names of top Kentucky football targets from the class of 2020. Of course, we've learned a lot because the staff is able to communicate with high school juniors a lot more now. Obviously, another good recruiting item, uh, Isaiah Gibson. I had been hearing that he had a great visit to Kentucky. Of course, I thought Kentucky was in the best shape of any program going into that official, even before it was apparent that he was going to take an official visit to Kentucky. And Josh Helmholt with Rivals.com spoke with Isaiah Gibson, who said it was not just another trip to Kentucky. He had a fantastic time. He experienced some things that he had not before. He had a more in-depth uh, I guess set of conversations uh, with the coaches. Obviously, he feels very comfortable there. Teammate Mo- Moses Douglas is committed and was there unofficially. So we're going to be covering all of it. Thanks again for listening. Have a good one.